Welcome to Torah Talk, a program that challenges 2,000 years of misunderstanding and neglect of the Torah, God's law. In this show, we will be threshing ideologies by examining these scriptures in their Hebraic contexts. Our goal is to separate the wheat from the chaff, the truth from misconception. This program is sponsored by The Harvest, a Messianic Charismatic Congregation in Thornton, Colorado. Shalom, lovers of the Torah, and thank you for choosing to listen to Torah Talk. We have a great podcast for you. We'll continue midrashing on the Torah portion, Ki Tavo, that we left off with uh, on our prior show, and uh, just kind of work down through some of these principles that actually relate to whether nations are blessed or cursed. Israel is the paradigm. Israel's the chosen nation that God has used to impart and demonstrate and and vindicate his ways. And so uh, we're kind of looking at some of these uh, portions, uh, ancient texts that are related to Israel. And uh, we've seen how they've come to pass over and over and over. And we're seeing also how they are relevant for today and the nations today. So this has been an exciting topic, and uh, we're picking up part two today. So before I get started, I would like to welcome in the studio today my guests, uh, Minister Don and Messianic Torah teacher BJ. How are you both doing, and what do you think about part two of this show? I'm doing really great, and I'm really excited to be a part. And I'm excited to talk about as far as what's going on in our nation. I love this Torah portion. Love when God is just so clear on what it is that uh, uh, differentiates behavior that that brings us blessing versus that that brings us cursing and works fabulously with my left brain mind. And I, uh, I love this portion. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's great. This is the second generation in Deuteronomy. Uh, the first generation perishes in the wilderness. So the next generation is ready to go in. And, um, and he says to them, okay, you've become my people. We're ready to start now. So let's go over this. And then he makes them basically come to terms with all that he's already given to them. He says, now I want you to actually write it all out. And I want you to do that distinctly. You can't just write it like you normally write it. I want you to write it carefully and distinctly because I really want you to understand what it means to be my people. I have expectations, a way of life. And since you're my children, I want you to act like it. And so he saves them by grace through faith in, in that shed blood of the lamb in Egypt, brings them out. He's going to bring them into the land and bless them. So part of what he says is, if you will walk in my ways... All these blessings are yours on a national level. Here's all the blessings. And, and then we find those. We, we, we read those. We encourage the audience to read the Torah portions. And uh, specifically in chapter 27 and 28 of Deuteronomy, we have the blessings listed for us. And we have the curses listed. Read them. Tell me if they're not relevant for today. Tell me if that's not coming to pass even in our nation. And no, we are not Israel. We have not replaced Israel. The point is, in Jeremiah, God specifically says to the nations that if you will walk in my ways and obey my voice, I will bless you and establish you as a nation. If you don't, then I will think better of my, my intent to bless you and establish you. And I will actually uproot you and remove you. So uh, God deals with the nations in much the same way that he deals with his own people. And so I'm saying, America, are you walking in God's ways? Are you in love with God? Or are you are you done with him? And I can say from the 60s on 
there has been a rising in this nation that says, God, you're not welcome in our institutions. You're not welcome in the public square. You're not welcome in our private lives. Get out. And we even see the the rising up of removing the monuments of the Ten Commandments off public places. We've seen that happening over and over and over. And then we see uh, basically the nation rising up and embracing things that God says that is an abomination. And we say not only will we do it, we'll legislate it at the federal level and force it on all the states from sea to shining sea. And then we're going to negotiate and give Iran a bomb, even though they chant every day, death to Israel, death to Israel. And I'm thinking to myself, what are we doing as a nation? What are we thinking? Uh, it's you, called the confusion you, that oh, comes upon us. It, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think that, yeah, anyway, uh, we're there. And the curses have been here uh, in a dramatic, increased way uh, over the last 14 years. And we're ready to enter another cycle of seven years, beginning in a couple weeks at Rosh Hashanah. We didn't learn our lessons. And so when I read down through this, I'm saying, I don't see the blessings increasing. I see the curses increasing. The blessings are slipping away and the curses are becoming clearer and more profound in our nation. Get ready. I think in the fall and in the next seven years to come, we're going to see an increase of what we've had in the last two waves, which have been waves of judgment over and over and over. That's what's coming. And so uh, I say, I, I'm sorry, call me a pessimist, uh, but I think judgment's going to sweep our land and shake us like never before, shake the nations as a result of that. And then maybe, maybe we'll, re, we'll, we'll repent on, on the aftermath of all the judgments that are coming, but not before. And so we got to go through this. So get ready. The thing I see, too, is that it's not just the judgments that have increased. It's our depravity. I mean, the things that the the things in this in this last year, this crazy, crazy year that we have to say, no, we don't think we should give nuclear. You know, we shouldn't yeah. allow Iran to, to be capable of killing the people that they say daily that they would like to kill. Yeah. You know, how, how am I how am I the extremist who just doesn't think that that makes any sense at all or um even in just what it is that we see as acceptable and the things that the farther we get down that it's the more depravity that seems acceptable to yes. us and that you know that I have to have an argument with someone about uh you know, I mean, it used to be that you'd have an argument about abortion with someone, but they didn't actually necessarily medically really understand it all that well. They hadn't, you know, now we've got 3D ultrasounds, we've got videos, we've got, I watch these Planned Parenthood videos and I see them, uh, I see them digging through body yeah, parts of yes, babies. Yes. And I think I cannot believe that I have to argue and say that this is wrong. And I can't believe that for one, it's not even just the selling of it. It's that I'm looking at that and I'm saying, someone tells me that because I'm pro-life, I'm anti-woman. Like I don't even yeah. understand how we've gotten to the point where I have to make an argument that I think we shouldn't cut up babies. I mean, it, 
it, once you start walking down that road and once you start saying that sin isn't a big deal, you don't stop there. No one says, well, that one sin isn't a big deal and now I'm going to live the rest of my life perfectly. No, you start negotiating within yourself and you start saying, well, I mean, that sin's not a big deal. And then the only thing that can continue is that you then say, well, then, and then that one, not a big deal. And then we get to the point where it is that we are doing vile and horrific things that we just say it is freedom of choice or we say that it's being politically correct or we it's it's the silliest argument to me of when did we come a pe- become a people who couldn't even look at something that non-religious people used to say that's horrific yeah. It wasn't even, it didn't even yeah. used to have to be a religious thing. A person who had any sense of right and wrong would look at something and go, that is wrong. And now the church doesn't even argue no. yeah. that they it's don't. wrong. Yeah. We have people who are supposed to be the ones that we're supposed to be the witnesses of Christ. And we're saying, well, but I mean, obviously it's wrong, but I respect your right to choose that. When did we become this people? Yeah. It's, it, it is shocking, utterly shocking. You know, watching the videos and, and seeing the dialogue where these medical professionals are sticking their forks in the bowl of salad, trying to get another bite of salad, talking about the sale of the organs of the babies that were slaughtered in the womb and, and, and eating them, eating while they're discussing that. How, I'm just like, I'm thinking to myself, ah, what, 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 what comes to my mind is, you're a monster. You're you're you have no conscience, no, no empathy, no no moral compass whatsoever. You're depraved, debauched. You're a monster. This this is Mengele in Nazi Germany. Yeah, that's crazy. What I was say. As far as in Nazi Germany, when those people followed Hitler and they did horrendous things to Jews and even people that wanted to help the Jews, you know, they killed men, women, and children and did horrendous things to them. And you're thinking, how could you do those kind of things? They were, but it's amazing how depraved people yeah, can get. They justified in the name of science of, of research, and I'm thinking to myself. You could, you could never be so wrong in all of your life. And, uh, yeah, I, I just know that, that, that God has a plan for, uh, Planned Parenthood. You know, uh, God, God is, God is very, very, um, just in his dealings with the nations and with institutions. And he will deal with these type of institutions. He's dealt with them before in the nations. Uh, you, all you have to do is, is read history and you will see that. And I believe God's going to intervene again. And he has a plan to bring justice to our nation and to uh, the innocent and to those who are perishing at the hands of monsters. God has a plan. I'm convinced. Uh, but let me jump back into some more Crazyville stuff here in America. But just, and we talked about this a little bit, but I am, I'm just shocked to think that our administration and our leadership is negotiating with Iran and is is about to has almost finished in in a plan to give them the ability to develop nuclear weapons while they have been committed from their beginning to destroy the Jews in the land of Israel they want to annihilate the Jews death to Israel death to America now the fact that they say death to America isn't a problem because we're so far away from them. They are no threat. They are no threat to us. 
but obviously they are a existential threat to Israel right now. Israel's one eighth the size of Colorado. Yes. It's just a tiny sliver of land over there right next to Iran. So obviously if Iran gets the nuke, we're not in any danger. Israel is. And that we know that we know that and we press on toward getting them or allowing them or enabling them to get the bomb. Who do we think we are? Israel is the they're God's chosen people, his treasured people. America, what are you thinking? What are you doing? You're you're more you're more responsible for what's about to happen to Israel than Iran herself. Cause you, America, had the power to stop Iran, and instead you will enable her? Woe to America. Woe to America. I'm thinking your time has come. Get ready, America. The Shemitah is about ready to hit the fan, and your time has finally come. And Benjamin Netanyahu has um, expressed how um, deeply that is going to hurt them, and we're not he, even he, listening. He's no, saying, he, he, he's, a, like a, he's a prophet and saying, look at what you're doing. Don't you understand the destruction will come to Israel if you allow Iran to have those bombs? Don't you see what's going to happen? And is, no one's listening. He has he is virtually begged us in, in humility, begged us, please stop over and over and over. And you're right. He is a prophetic voice. I can hear the voice of God in him. And I think to myself, our nation's gone too far in so many ways, in so many directions. It's gone too far. And uh, I just, I think, you know what? Get ready. And I want to say this very, very clearly, that to those who love God and love his people, Israel, and love the Jewish people, um, I, I really believe that God will oversee in this judgment uh, us and will 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 take care of us. It doesn't mean we won't be persecuted. It doesn't mean there won't be martyrdom. What it does mean is we'll have a peace and a joy and a purpose in, in and through it all. And even though we die, yet shall we live again. In him, we have eternal life and we will be proponents of life. We will be proponents of the blessing. We will be proponents of sharing with those around us a way that leads to life and blessing. That we will do. That's what we're called to do and to be. And we will cry out, we will stand with the innocent, and we will stand with Israel. We'll stand with Israel's right to be in the land and to um, uh, be sovereign as a nation. She has every right uh, to be and to do that. And so uh, we certainly will stand. We ask believers everywhere to stand for life, stand for Israel. So uh, we talked in our last show that we were going to bring up some of the things that America has stepped into this year. And so that's some of it. So... Uh, I think what we should do is go ahead and press on a little bit into our Torah portion. So I want to start with uh, verse 28. I think we're still in the first chapter. What was that? Chapter 27. Yes. And so uh, verse 28. I'm hoping we're still in that chapter. Let's you see. are. Thank you. So uh, chapter 27 and verse 28. Now it shall be if you diligently obey the Lord your God being careful to do all his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and overtake you 
if you obey the Lord your God. And then he lists all these blessings, and there's, it's just every category of human experience. He says there'll be measured blessing, increased blessing in those areas. And one of those I want to point out, one of those is you will come into a place of superpower status as a nation. He says, I will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And we have seen some superpowers uh, since the time of Christ. And we have seen uh, nations rise and fall in relationship to the Messiah and the ways of God. Um, and here we are early in our nation, not a perfect nation, not at all, uh, but a nation that certainly had within it this strong, strong love for the Messiah, for Israel and for the ways of God. And he blessed America. He caused America to rise and she became a superpower. And I'm convinced that that was because of, of that, that strong allegiance to God and his son, to Israel, and to his ways. Not that everyone believed in God, nor wanted to believe in God. There, was, there were other elements in the beginning of our nation that hated God. We've always had wheat and tares, even in our beginnings. I, I, I don't in any way say, oh yeah, everyone was in love with Jesus in, in early America. No, of course not. But there were enough. There were enough people that believed in, in the Messiah and loved Israel and loved God's ways, that we rose and became a superpower. And all of, that's, all of that's changed. We have seen the decline of Christianity since the 1980s, late 1980s. We became a post-Christian nation, and we've been declining ever since, and the church is on the decline. And I'm saying to myself, we are in so much trouble. 2015, if you look at the stats in the different categories we have lost the number one position in a lot of different categories. I would say even now we're right on the brink of losing our superpower status as a nation. We'll no longer be a superpower among the nations. We're going to fall and be diminished just like England, just like Britain. We're, we're going to see other nations rise up stronger than us. And, and so that's one of the curses, by the way, that instead of rising up, you're diminished and, and, and diminished to the point where you're, you're, you're no longer a superpower and you'll become the tail and not the head. One, one of the things that's promised to those nations who will not serve God and, and honor him, uh, it says they will become the tail and not the head. And they will not lend to the nations, but they will borrow from the nations. And America used to be Debt-free. We were so wealthy at one point. Now our wealth has become an illusion. It's all debt-based wealth. We're the we're the number one debtor nation. You know, if we were like if we we're like number ten, on, on, you know, down down from the top down, you know, we're like oh now we're in the tenth slot of in terms of debt. No, we're at the very bottom. We're the biggest debtor nation in the world. What does that say? What does that cry out? We're, we are dropping in so many different areas of, of what, what has made us a superpower that I'm saying we are on our way out. We are falling. America is crumbling all around us. You can see it. We're living in the midst of the fall 
of the greatest superpower that the world has yet seen. America is falling all around us. It's very sad. Very sad. Any comments? Sorry. It's just like it's so sad. It's so sad. A moment of silence, please. You know? And I still really believe that um, a king or a prime minister or the president of the United States, even um, President Obama, that they should have to write um, the Torah. Yeah, that would be great. Um, that would be great. We know that's not going to happen, but that would be that would be awesome. Um, so in, in this Torah portion, um, one of the curses is, says the alien who is among you, and that's not talking about E.T. for all the UFO <laughs> yeah. crazy conspiratorial guys out there. Uh, the alien was a reference to uh, those who came into the land of Israel illegally, illegal immigrants into Israel, in ancient Israel. So these aliens, it says, these aliens who, uh, the alien who is among you shall rise above you higher and higher, but uh, you, and let me find my next page, you will go down lower and lower. Do you see any indications of that taking place in America? I see that indication where um, they're coming in and they're not being a part of our culture and they're getting all kinds of benefits that Americans have to pay for that we can't even afford. And we're getting deeper and deeper into debt, trying to take care of people that aren't even really into our system. Yeah, you know, um, immigration is, is, is one of the biggest issues right now, especially in this next election and so when you listen to the candidates uh, uh, talk about this, um, for some, it's the number one issue. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's in, it's in the top three for sure. It is a big issue. It's out of control. It's becoming a national threat, a national crisis. Uh, and I'm thinking to myself, it sounds like one of the curses. This is actually happening. The aliens, the numbers of the aliens is growing, 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 and we're becoming a little bit overwhelmed by it. And I'm thinking, that's a God thing. God's saying, hey, you don't want to serve me? Here's all the curses. Here's one of them, and we can measure that, and we can tell right now we are in trouble. It's happening. And, of course, the next verse, he shall lend to you, but you will not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. And then the other uh, passages that relate to that as well, as far as being in debt. Uh, once you're in debt, you're a slave to the lender. And America is absolutely a slave to the system, the, the, the world's system. We're the number one slave. We're the most enslaved among the nations. And, uh, and I think we think, oh, yeah, we can get around that. We can get out of anything. We're American. I'm thinking you have no idea. You're about ready to fall. Um, you know, a person shared with me a prophetic dream that they had, and it was the picture of a, a deer in a forest. And the deer uh, was hurt and wounded, and uh, it was dusk, and it was getting darker and darker. And the deer got into a place in the forest where there was a lot of foliage and stuff and was looking around, you know, very, very uh, uh, scared, uh, frightened, and was looking around making sure it was safe. And when it felt safe, laid down in the... Uh, uh, natural fauna and and just began to lick its wound um, and what it did not see was this huge pack of wolves that were all around the trees 
had already encircled the deer and they were ready. They're just baring their teeth. They're just ready to pounce on this deer. And uh, this person that had this dream said, um, when I asked God about this, it was very, very clear that, that God was saying, that's America. The deer represents America. And America's falling. America's hurt. And she thinks that she can somehow recover. And she has no idea that all of these other nations, many of which hate her, are ready to pounce and take advantage of her in her weakness. And I think, you know what? That that resonates with my spirit. And I think that's a, a, um, a pretty clear uh, word picture or dream of what's coming to America. I, I fear that that is a dream from God and that is going to come sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think that's true. Even Russia is um, helping Iran as far as getting um, their long-term missiles. So they're getting them, giving them all kinds of um, these really um, high-quality weapons and stuff. That's They're doing that right now. Yeah, so um, again, I'm sure that our listening audience, I'm sure there's people that are just like frightened by this and they're like, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And, and I do want to speak to you and say, listen, God is sovereign. If he's in charge, if he's doing this and you love him and you're drawing close, he'll take care of you. You're going to be okay. This is not to inspire fear in you. This is to certainly inspire, hopefully some fear in the nation, those who hate God. Uh, but for those who love God, I want to say to you, um, God will watch over you. God will take care of you. Don't get in fear. Rise up. Know that God is sovereign over this. And it's time for you to let your light shine That's right. to be there and help people that are going to be crying out. Do you realize that when there is times of great judgment, people humble themselves and start saying, I want to know God. I remember we were at this youth camp years ago and there was this James Dean type uh, youth kid. He had everything going good. Look tall. He was like six foot one, you know, and just had everything going for him. And, and he was the big rebel at this, uh, youth, youth rally that we had. And, uh, he was trying to tell the kids that there's no God. This is a bunch of baloney, you know, and, and, and this is how, uh, uh, our parents and others try to control us through fear and all, you know, so he was just, just causing a lot of problems. And, so we just got the team together and just started praying for him. God, just get through to him, you know, touch his heart, open his eyes, do something. And, and I'm not sure what took place, but by the end of the week, we were in the service and we were, uh, 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 having kind of the closing time and inviting people who wanted to pray and to know God to come forward. And, and we heard all this commotion in the back of this huge, uh, uh, area, uh, where all these kids were. And, and we heard all this commotion and crying out and, and next thing we know, there's a bunch of youth carrying this guy who's prone and, and on their shoulders. And it was like body surfing type thing, you know, but it was just one group of, of kids that were bringing him forward. And he was just totally like collapsed in their arms and he's crying. I, I don't know what happened. He's crying and he's saying, he's saying, uh, I love God. God is real. God is real. I love God. And, you know, it's like he had some type of encounter with the Lord and he realized he's real. And now he wanted to come up and he wanted to tell the kids, I'm sorry, I was wrong. You know, God is real. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. And I believe that when, when uh, hard times come and people humble themselves, they'll discover who God is and they'll want to know him. And we're going to have a chance to lead a throng of people 
uh, back into his his grace. And I look forward to that. So I'm going to encourage our listeners, don't get in fear. Find the love of God in this and know that he's in control and get ready to shine like you've never shined right. before. It's an exciting time that we're entering into, not a fearful time. It's exciting for those who know God and love him and keep his commandments. Closing comments before I wind this show up. Deuteronomy 28, I just have such an affinity for it, such a place in my heart for it. And it, when we're talking about this, you know, what's going to happen? And even I, and I love the Lord, and I can sense sometimes that, that fear, you know, that fear of, of uh, self-preservation, you know, rising up. And when I think, Lord, what do we do during a time like this? And our, our whole concept today, when we're looking at Deuteronomy 28, he says, if you diligently obey the Lord, your God, and be careful to do all of his commandments, which I command you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. All these blessings will come upon you and they will overtake you if you obey the Lord, your God. I don't need to be chasing down God's blessings because if I am walking in his ways and having relationship with him and diligently serving him, I can't get away from his blessings because his blessings will overtake me. And it's not his blessings will overtake you if all is going well in the world. That's what's going to separate us. That's what's going to set us apart is, is when you can say, I have peace. And when no one around you has peace, that's your testimony. When you can say, I'm not scared and everyone else around you is scared. They will flock to you to see, you know, what do you have that I don't have? And so my focus, I just want my focus to be on diligently serving the Lord, walking in his ways, walking in his commandments, and just trusting that he will take care of all the things I can't take care of in my own flesh. Yes. You lived a portion of your life doing what you wanted to do. I did. You were, you were, you were God. You were Lord of your own life. And you know the pain and the misery that crept in. And then you gave your life to the Lord. And you said, I want to follow the one who died for me, who atoned for my sins. I want to follow Jesus and I want to walk in the Torah. He wrote it on my heart. I'm walking in it by his grace and through his spirit. How do you qualify your life now? Is there a marked difference in terms of, I mean, do you have an actual experience with the cursings and the blessings as an individual? Well, I think before I knew the Lord, I I was living a life of such freedom would be an accurate word for it and such misery. You know, I I had freedom to do whatever I wanted when I wanted and I did. And I walked in such misery and depression and uh, suicide and just, you know, not wanting to live. And I'm walking in complete and utter freedom. (laughs) I'm walking in. You can do whatever you want, whenever you want at any time that you want. And I'm doing it. And I was miserable. And then when I became a believer, I saw a distinct difference within, within my life and within, uh, just my emotional being of walking with the Lord. But then I also saw a distinct difference when I started walking in Torah. You know, I, I, my life was changed when I came to know Messiah, but my life. So when you, when you first came to Messiah, there's a qualitative measurable change instantaneously. Just, just that, that cleansing and that joy of knowing that I'm forgiven. That, that, that's blessing in and of itself. Right. Understanding true freedom. Yes. I understood a completely different set of freedom. The, The freedom that I had been in before where I could do whatever I wanted 
in my head was such bondage then yeah. when once I really experienced what freedom was and once I experienced what the the forgiveness of a loving God was. And so that was that was it was clear to everyone around me that I was a different person than, yes. than what I had been before. And, and so that was, it was remarkably changing for me. But once I started walking in Torah, I saw the same thing happen again, yes. where I saw the concept that obedience brings blessing yes. and that, that relationship along with obedience and not just doing it because I was scared, but, but saying, I don't know how to express how much God has taken me out of. I simply want to love him and serve him. And seeing that once I started walking in obedience to him, that there are blessings that come upon you. And and it doesn't even make sense how you go, I'm going to take a day off every week because God says to take a day off. And now I'm more prosperous because I'm working less. Or when you give away 10% of what you make and you suddenly have more money with 90% than you do with 100%. Those are things that I can't explain in the natural, but I can see God just make those ways of, of, of seeing a difference of when we walk in his blessings because we're walking in his obedience. It's, yes. it's a remarkable change and such a sense of freedom, though I'm no longer in charge. I feel such incredible freedom. I mean, yeah. I realize that sounds, that sounds off, but when I was in charge of everything, I, I was doing a, a poor, poor job of running my life, thought I was living in freedom. And really, I look back on it and think, oh, such bondage and really walking with relationship with him and walking in his yeah. commandments where it is that he's showing me how to walk to me feels like such freedom, yeah. such freedom from the things that used to hold us down and drag us down and, and just be so burdensome to us. Now I feel like there's such joy and freedom in walking in obedience to our yeah. God. It's great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Minister Don, any final comments before we close the show? I'm just thankful that um, as far as the word of God, that, you know, as God's far, as far as his instructions and precepts that um, they're like honeydew from heaven, that they're actually a treasure. And God says, if you love me, you'll keep my, uh, you'll, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And because I love him, I keep his commandments. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, we have so much to be thankful for and we're looking forward to a great time as we press into the future. And uh, yeah, uh, his word is like a honeycomb. It mm-hmm. is. It's sweet. It's good. It's nutritious. And uh, it is more than life to us. God said that you shall not live by uh, bread alone, but by every word that comes out of my mouth. And uh, it is truly and remarkably a measured blessing when we do that. We can all give testimony to that. So, well, that's our show for today. Uh, Again, thank you for listening to this podcast. A special thanks to our great King, Yeshua the Messiah, and to my co-host, Torah teacher, BJ, And my guest, Minister Don, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing today. Uh, uh, To our listeners and supporters for making this podcast possible through your ongoing prayers and financial giving, thank you. I am your host, Torah Teacher Mark. And until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Prince of Peace, Yeshua the Messiah. Shalom. Torah Talk has been brought to you by The Harvest, a Messianic charismatic congregation located at 8891 Pose Boulevard in Thornton, Colorado. Your host has been Pastor Mark McClellan. 
Join us for Sabbath services at 1 p.m. next Saturday afternoon. For more information, please call us at 303-761-9948 or visit our website at www.graftedin.com. God bless you and shalom.